You're listening to Decidedly Dry. I'm your host, Jess Steitzer. This is a sober podcast where we actually focus on the good. Amazing, right? We spark inspiration. We try to provide some hope and we help motivate you. I promise to always keep it real, provide some dry humor, and remind you every single episode why sobriety is truly a superpower. If you'd like to learn more about the show or make a donation, just head on over to decidedlydry.com. Thank you so much for pushing play today. Let's get started. Well, hiya guys. Welcome back to the show. Today is episode 30. That's right. Three zero. Can you believe it? I'm so excited. All right. In this episode, I have the wonderful honor of interviewing one of my very best friends, Stephanie Hess. Steph is a mom to three girls and two stepdaughters, a wife, and a nutrition coach who helps men and women redefine their food rules and become the strongest version of themselves. Warning, this is the longest episode I've recorded. I honestly don't even think I can have an outro, which is like that kind of message at the end of the episode, because our conversation just is wonderful. (laughs) It's packed with good conversation, tips, and laughs, but honestly, this is your warning. Feel free to pause and come back if you need to. Enjoy our chat. Welcome back, everybody. This is Jess with Decidedly Dry, and I am super, super excited to introduce you to my very best friend, Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Hi. (laughs) I was thinking before we push record, I'm like, you are like, how should I put it? Like the sister to Glennon, you know, like you're my sister to Glennon. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. You're like kind of my person. Like, do I get a name? Because there's Glennon and then her sister. What's her sister's name? I don't know. I only know her as sister. Okay. That's fine. I could you just call, call me, you friend. Like you could just you be friend. Sis. <laughs> that's it. That's in nowadays, right? <laughs> I think so. Um, and that's a wrap. What a great intro. No. <laughs> uh no, but thanks for coming on. I'm really, really Aww. honored to have you here. And your story, um, I'm excited for you to share because this is obviously an alcohol-free, you know, motivational type uh, podcast. But what's Mm -hmm. cool about having you on is you are someone who has a very different history with alcohol. And I haven't had anyone on that really didn't drink. So I'm excited for you to kind of tell your history. And we're going to talk a lot about health and fitness and all that good stuff. So thanks in advance for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. You're I was going to say thanks in advance for having me, but it doesn't work because we're in the now. It's all so. good. All right, yeah. friends. So first of all, I'd just like you to tell listeners who you are. So who are you? Do you have kids? Where do you live? What do you do for a living? All that good stuff. What's my social security number? No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm Stephanie. Um, I do have children. I have three girls plus uh, two stepdaughters. So we are a full, full household. We live, uh, in Beaverton, Oregon. Um, currently going through a move, which is going to be fun because like the rest of the United States, we are going through a lovely heat wave. And I feel like it's, I feel like as Oregonians, it's like a thousand times harder. Always. Cause we go from like 300 plus days of rain 
I, I make, I made that number up, but it sounds good. Um, and like cool temperatures. And then it's just like, we're blasted with heat and we all shrivel up and everyone else is like, this is not bad. Um, <laughs> what else did you ask me? You asked uh, what me do you do I, for a living? Uh, I am a nutrition coach. Um, and then on this, on the side, <laughs> I do some fitness coaching, um, but mostly nutrition coaching at the moment, uh, as well as just being a mama. Um, you did it. You answered it. it. Okay. Yeah. Good. I was trying to look at my notes <laughs> to see if I answered. Um, no, you did great. You did great. Okay. And you're right. It is so hot. This is about the time it's- in Oregon where I mean, stores don't even have bagged ice and the fans mm. are all out of stock and, uh, it's just, yeah, it's a hot mess. And then we'll be it's, back to normal next week. <laughs> yo. And that's how it is. And it's like what we went from how many weeks ago of like rain and cold. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, Oh, I can't wait for the sun. And then in the back of my mind, it's like, yeah, but it's going to be like 105 degrees. Like, <laughs> cause that's how it is. It's like, we go from just like these mild, perfect temperatures to just like one day it's like, you know, yeah, it's like 30 uh, degrees warmer. You remember that Mario game with that sun that was up in the sky and it would just like shoot down at you. Like, like the fireballs. No, it was like the actual sun. It would chase you. Oh, there's like a meme. It's like a, it's a, it's a real thing, but that's what it feels like in Oregon where it's like all of a sudden he's there and he's just like, bam. Yeah. Um, this is, going I am really, grateful. this is going really I, good. I'm so glad I got that all out of the way. <laughs> Mario memes, blazing Check. sun. <laughs> we checked those boxes. Yeah. Um, I'll be the Luigi to your Mario. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. well, fun fact, I, I'm just going to say this before we kind of talk about your history with alcohol, but, um, oh boy. well, we became very good friends when we were in a fitness program together and, you were my friend that didn't drink. And I know you know this, but I mean, I was in, you know, I don't want to say my peak wine drinking days, but I will. I mean, I was very much um, a subscriber to the mommy wine culture. And I was one of those girls that was like, I can't believe you don't drink, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah. And very much a pusher, very much the person that questioned it. And I'm sure you ran into that probably still run into that depending on who you're with, but, um, yeah, you know, I just, I think it's interesting to be on the other side, you know, just now that I see, wow, you know, life is pretty great when you don't drink and I'm totally skipping ahead, but, um, I just want to thank you before we get going (laughs) just for no, but seriously, like being, being a person that I really looked up to and you were someone that, showed me that not all moms drink. So yeah. thank you for being. Yeah. I mean, I, rem- I, I remember those like mom's night out days and like, <laughs> and it wasn't just you, like it was other people at the table constantly like, what, like, you're not going to drink. And I'm like, you know, and I would play it off a lot of the time is like, Oh, I got to make sure everybody gets home safely. And like, right. You know, but yeah, I, I, I don't feel that pressure and I don't, I don't know if it's that just now that I'm older, I don't notice it because I'm, I'm, I hate saying this and you know, why I, I will hate saying this, but I'm more confident in myself now, mm-hmm. um, versus like back then where it's like all of the questioning or like, you know, why don't you drink or whatever, you know, 
maybe I just don't notice it, but I also know that there's so many people that I've surrounded myself with now that don't drink a, because they either just don't or B they're in recovery or, you know, and so I don't know if it's like just a sign of the times or just the people that I've like naturally surrounded myself with. Um, but yeah, I, I remember, (laughs) I do remember (laughs) those days and it wasn't, you know, I mean, it was family, it was, you know, friends. And so it just, yeah. Yeah. The waitress coming to the table and being like, you know, oh, and here's the wine list and me just being like, I don't need that. Like, right. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, take us back. So whatever you want to share, I would just like to know, or I would like listeners to know what your history is with alcohol. Like as a child, you know, were you exposed to it? Did you ever try drinking kind of, you know, what was your relationship like? Sure. Yeah. So my, like growing up, my dad was like a beer a night drinker. Like I never, and then my mom was like (laughs) a box of Franzia wine in the fridge that would last probably like a month. So they were not big drinkers at all. Um, or at least that I can remember. Um, it's funny because my sister and I were just having this conversation over the 4th of July that like, you know, I grew up in a cul-de-sac, like very, like very, very awesome, like childhood group of friends and like big holidays and, you know, back to school night and whatever. Like we always had big cul-de-sac barbecues. And I remember like some of the parents in that group, like being the fun parents and like, (laughs) you know, they'd be like the ones with like, sparklers in their mouth on the 4th of July, like flying down the hill, like on a scooter or like what? And as a kid, just being like, Oh my God, they're, they're so cool. And they're so fun. And like looking back now as an adult, I'm like, Oh no, they were like, so wasted <laughs> right. kids running around with fireworks or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was not, I don't know if it's just as a kid, I was so busy doing other things, but it was not like, a big part of my life at all. Like I wouldn't have ever probably thought about it. Had you not asked me that question? Hmm. Um, you know, and then early in high school, I definitely got into like the party scene. Um, I don't remember like my first drink. I don't, I couldn't tell you where I was or what it was. I just remember like just starting to party really hard, like on the, and I I was young, like I was probably 14, like just that's what everyone that I hung out with was doing. And that's Mm -hmm. what we did. And like, I think back now and I'm like, you were really stupid. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, it was just, it wasn't like an every, you know, every weekend thing or whatever. It was just as a kid. I mean, you would follow around the crowds of like who could, you know, get into their parents' liquor cabinet or, you know, whatever. And, and that was the other thing is like growing up as a younger, as a, as a child, like we never had like liquor in the house. I didn't even know really what that was until probably right before I, I started drinking as a kid. Um, yeah. And so that was like a big, big part of my life for the early years of probably high school. 
Um, and then I met my now ex-husband, but he was a pretty straight laced guy. And, um, you know, with the drinking, there was like a lot of like marijuana smoking and, you know, all of that kind of meshed in together. And, you know, I remember just being like, oh, this, this boy, and he doesn't do these things. So I'm not going to either. It wasn't like this choice of like, you know, it wasn't for me. It wasn't mm-hmm. a me thing. It was mm-hmm. totally for like these extreme, like extra, or what's it called? Like just the outside things. Like it wasn't a me thing. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't, you know, I still did things like, we're really honest on, on here. Uh, you know, I did things behind <laughs> his back. Like I still would go out and like smoke weed or whatever, like, right. you know, secretively. And, um, because, you know, there were parts of me on the inside that still, you know, I guess wanted to, I, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know like what the teenage brain thinks, but, um, you know, we got married really young and then I had my first daughter when I was 20. And so I wasn't even of like drinking age, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't drink. Um, but everybody around me did. I mean, everybody, it was like wine. It was, um, hard alcohol, like crown Royal, like all of it was just around me all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at that point, uh, my dad had passed away. And so growing up kind of in those later teen years, my mom's drinking did pick up. And that's mm-hmm. when it did start to become like a noticeable thing to me as like a teenager. Um, you know, and looking back, like I, I understand now, like she was doing the best she could. But at the time I remember just being super angry. Like, Mm -hmm. why can't I call you at seven o'clock at night and just have a normal conversation with my mom, you know, if I'm out with my friends or, you know, because it was like with her, there was, and we sometimes joked about it (laughs) as kids, but it's like, we didn't know kind of which mom we were going to get after like a certain point in the night. Um, because she would start drinking wine and it was Mm. just like one glass after another. And they weren't, you know, like the measure of out, like, this is how much wine you're supposed to have. And it was like a goblet of like, you know, wine. And, and there was just this feeling of like, I mean, we, we talk about it, you know, now, but it's like, you're like a lost child. Like you don't Mm. really you kind of go through the school day and then you have like a couple hours before like mom would get home and then mom would get home, we'd have dinner. And then it was just kind of like that time where like I I needed a parent or needed to sit down and like have those tough conversations or like whatever was spent just kind of wondering, (laughs) like there's like this whole thing where it's like, I don't know how life works. And now I'm left just trying to figure it out myself. On your own. And so, yeah. yeah. And so it's just like this feeling of like, you kind know, of like, like abandonment a, almost. It, like it, it, it's like a very much, a, it's very much abandonment, but I mean, put yourself, like if anyone has teenagers, it's like, I look at my teen girls now and I'm like, crap, like you guys don't know how to like, make sure you brush your teeth every day. Right. 
like, what if that was me? Like, what if I wasn't present to teach you how to like, I'm going to have to time you right there. Are you saying that my boys still are going to give me crap about brushing teeth at teeth? Yes. (laughs) Things like people with young children, like, and when people are like, Oh, I can't wait until my child can do this. Like, no, it's just a different version. (laughs) It doesn't get easier. It's just a different version of like dirty and frustrating, (laughs) but they're amazing. All right. So sorry, Um, go back. But yeah, it was, it's like, you're left as like a teen teenager or a child, just like wondering like how to do life. And you're, Mm -hmm. you end up picking up like different things from different households because you kind of turn into this like wandering kid and it's like, Oh, I like this about this family over here. And Oh, this family over here does this, but you're left with this like deep sense of longing because you don't have that in the place that's like safe and home. And so, yeah, when I had my first daughter at 20, it was like, in my mind, I remember thinking like, okay, I have, you know, one year until she, I can legally drink. And I've always been like a, like somewhat of a rules follower. Like I don't like to get in trouble. And so I was always just like, Oh, I'm not going to really do this until I (laughs) turn 21. And, and I remember, you know, after she turned one, I, I like only can specifically remember one time, like going out to dinner and all the women at the table were ordering wine. And it was like a big family dinner. We were there with a bunch of family. And so in my mind, I was like, Oh, I have to, I have to fall in line with this. This is part of what you do as a, as a woman and as a mom. And this is part of my life. And I ordered like some disgusting, like Riesling. Cause they were like, it's sweet. You'll like it. And I remember <laughs> taking that first sip and being like, you guys are all liars. This is yeah. disgusting. Like, yeah. no. And that was the, that was the thing was like, when I was younger, it was, and as a teenager and partying, it's like, you don't, you have one goal of like partying. And that was like, to drink as much as you could and like, yeah, to turn just, off, you know, party, you know, yeah. but as an adult, I'm like, wait, I'm expected to like sip on this and enjoy it. And like over a longer period of time. And I was like, no, this is gross. Like, this is disgusting. Mm-hmm. And then there was maybe like two other instances when my oldest daughter was a baby where I like, it sounds so dumb, but like tried drinking that I was like, that in my mind, I couldn't make sense of it. I mm. couldn't make sense of like, this doesn't taste good to me. Like this doesn't, it just, I, I didn't like it. And I was yeah. like, and then I have to do this over like a couple hours, you know? And it, and then there was this all like this fear of like, okay, but what if like, what if I do drink too much and then something happens to this baby and my, right. you know, my, at the time husband had been drinking. And then, so what if he's not able to take care of her and then I have to take care of her or what if something happens and we have to get her to the hospital and neither of us, you know, and it's like all of these things would go through my head constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think as a mom and you can probably relate, it's like, you have kids and this like new box of like paranoia opens up that you had no idea was even in you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also like, just to time you never goes away. <laughs> it's just kept it's constantly just new, being filled. Yeah. It's just new <laughs> paranoias all the time. Um, they just get bigger and bigger and bigger where it's like, Oh, don't fall down. Cause you're going to skin your knees to like, 
oh gosh, who are you talking to on social media? And I can't control this. And it's like, so yeah, it's, it's, I just imagine like this prime guy knocking on the door, like, here's your next box. Seriously, but like a constant flow. And like each kid has a different like Uh, thing that you. So it just didn't work for you. Like it wasn't worth it. It just like wasn't a thing for me. And then that's kind of when, when she was probably two or three was when I started my health and fitness journey. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of when it was like, you know, app, like app calorie tracking, like Mm -hmm. was just barely a thing. But I remember just being like, well, shoot, I can only eat this much during the day. And I sure as heck don't want to waste it on a glass of wine or like a disgusting beer. Like, right. No, that doesn't even Um, taste good. That doesn't even taste good. Yeah. So, you know, and that was, that was probably, you know, between having her and then the the health side of it, that was probably like what culminated to just, you know, me not wanting, like I would mm-hmm. rather eat French fries than have, you know, a glass or two of wine. Cause I right. like French fries. I don't like wine. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, over the years of like, you know, getting pregnant again and then having, you know, a a third child right behind that, like, and then social media becoming, you know, a big thing. And this like sudden flood of like mommy wine culture that in my mind, and I don't want to shame anyone, but in my mind, I was like, this is so dumb. Like, this is so dumb. Toxic. Um, Yeah. And it's so toxic and it's such a, like, it's such a huge representation of rationalism of like, I'm going to rationalize my drinking and I'm going to make it cute and I'm going to make it fun to make me feel better. Mm -hmm. And I was always just like, this is just, (laughs) I can't, I can't with it. And, um, I don't know. It's yeah. It's, I think when you talk about like (laughs) my story being unique, it was just, there wasn't like some, huge life event, you know, like I talked about my mom drinking earlier, but there was never anything that like, yes, you know, she could have been more present. Was she a bad mom? No. Like we had plenty of like amazing moments. Like I, I wouldn't take that back Mm -hmm. for anything, but there was never like a moment with like either of my parents where it was just like, Oh, and I saw, and I witnessed this or, you know, there was never any like huge, you know, moment in my life that I was like, Oh, I have to stop this. Or even with myself, it was just this like slow trickle of things that kind of, you know, happened over probably my very early teen years to like my very early Mm twenties, you know, and then enter, you know, the life of when you and I met and it kind of was like super in my face at that point because we did like, we had our like mom's night outs and we went and did things and like, you know, and, um, and I did, it was like, that was kind of the first time where, you know, I had family question me on why I didn't drink, but I didn't have friends asking me, you know, well, why don't you drink? And I would just be like, I I don't know. Like, I don't know why I don't do this. I just don't, Mm -hmm. you know, but it was the first time, like when those questions started happening, that it was like, wait, why don't I do this? Like, yeah, (laughs) it was never, it just wasn't a thing for me. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, you mentioned that you're in the fitness industry. You still are. 
mainly yeah. nutrition, right? A little mainly bit of training. nutrition. Yeah. So I would love to kind of dive into that a little bit. Um, okay. and talk about, you know, how does alcohol impact our fitness goals? You know, I yeah. think for a long time, um, and I'll just use me as an example, like mm-hmm. removing wine was not an option. Like I mm-hmm. would, I was on the flip side, like, well, I won't mm-hmm. eat the fries so I can have that glass of wine, or I will yeah. go run six miles in the morning so I can enjoy a few at night. You know, it was yeah. constantly like a, I mean, it was just a vicious cycle, which I've talked a lot about on this show, but, um, yeah. if you don't mind kind of just talking about what alcohol does to us, like, are we not going to meet certain goals because mm-hmm. we can't remove this substance? Yeah. So, uh, you and I were chatting a little bit before we started recording and I was telling you, like, <laughs> he sent me like a couple questions and I was like, Oh shoot. Like a lot of my clients I work with either don't drink already. Um, or, you know, it very quickly gets weeded out. Um, and I think there's a couple of things behind that in terms of like their goals and just, you know, by the time they get to me as a coach and like they're hiring me as a coach to help them, it's like, they've already made some pretty huge decisions in their life of like having goals or setting out on like a journey. That's it's pretty finite. Right. I, I do have a couple that I work with that, like, like a couple clients that I work with that, you know, um, there's a lot of like other things going on outside of like, you know, alcohol, but yeah, I mean, I've had clients that in the very early stages were like, you know, yeah, I sat down and had a drink or whatever. And, um, I think one of the things, you know, you talked about goals is that as humans, we wildly underestimate, you know, how much we consume all Mm -hmm. the time. Right. We, we underestimate like, Oh, I just had a handful of chips, but it's like, cool. We'll put a handful of chips, you know, in your hand and then dump them out and tell me like, that's how much you had. And it's usually way off. (laughs) And so (laughs) when we talk about, you know, our goals and whether your goal is to lose weight or your goal is to, you know, get really strong and gain muscle, right. There's so many things that go into that. Um, you know, and, and alcohol does affect it. It, it, Mm. it does carry weight, you know, it does carry things. And so if you're talking about, you know, if I'm meeting with a woman who, you know, she's wanting to get those last, you know, 10, 15 pounds off and we're down to the wire of like, Hey, you gotta be rigid here. And she's like, well, I'm still having, you know, two glasses of wine a night. Well, it's like, yeah, but how much are in the, you know, how much is Mm. in that glasses? And really it's like, who's getting out their measuring cup or their scale to Mm -hmm. weigh their, you know, wine out, because I'll tell you right now, girlfriend doesn't weigh her coffee creamer out and I pretend (laughs) to all the time. So we're not all perfect. Um, (laughs) you know, and so it's like, we also talked about, you know, what, what constitutes for like, you know, a specific amount of drinking or like, what's mm-hmm. the healthy amount. Mm-hmm. And I was telling you, like, again, I don't, a lot of my clients just don't drink. And I, I don't know. I don't know why I don't ask them, you know, we, I ask them thing. if they, it's no, it's thing. not. And I, you know, and I ask them all the time, like, you know, are you most of the time they'll tell me like, Oh, I had, you know, this or this. And I, you know, we'll make sure that it's tracked because that's what mm-hmm. we use. And it's like, cool, if you're going to do that, make sure you're actually like 
holding to what you say you're holding to. And for some of them, it might just be that they do see the the weight, you know, I'm doing air quotes, the weight that alcohol does carry, Mm -hmm. um, is that it uses up those things. And it's like, okay, you have a decision here. Do you want to do this or do you want to do this? Right. And then we go back to the goals of like, well, my goal is to really get strong and you know, this isn't carrying any of the, the things that I need to really get to that point. So let's talk about negating it, but back to just kind of, um, you know, those guidelines. And I was telling you, I was looking at these numbers and to me as a non-drinker, I was like, what? (laughs) Uh, And also it was like such a big thing where I was like, oh my gosh, I need to do a little bit more studying into this. Cause yeah. Uh, it was a good, it was a good challenge point for me, but so based off of like us dietary guidelines, right. So this is like big committees, um, for moderate drinking, which is what most of the, you know, United States would probably say they fall under, right. If you, if I asked one of my clients, like, you know, how much do you drink? Would you say you're a light drinker, moderate drinker, heavy drinker? They'd probably be like moderate. Um, so for women, that would be up to seven drinks per week, right? So seven drinks per week with no more than three in a single day, which was shocking to me. Mm. (laughs) And then for men, it's double that. So 14 drinks per week with no more than four drinks on a single day, which again, it's like crazy. And those are, those are specific measured drinks. So like an example being five ounces of wine or one 12 ounce beer. And we go back to you know, you know, if you looked at your week as a a female, um, if we looked at our week and we said, okay, I, you know, I'm a moderate drinker and I have, you know, one five ounce glass of wine per night, like sit down and tell me that you weighed out your five (laughs) ounces of wine every (laughs) single night, but that's not reality, right? The reality is, is that if we sat down and someone really looked at their week, and I think this is where a lot of people, you know, that are curious, it's like, this is one of those hard conversations that you have to have with yourself of like, Mm -hmm. if you looked at your week, right. And on Monday you have your five ounce glass of wine. And a lot of times, right. We go back to that rationalization of, you know, well, it's at the end of the busy day and I need to relax and I need to just kind of, it's Monday, you know, but you know, maybe you do that a couple of times during the week, but then Friday, Saturday, Sunday come and it's like, bananas, right? We go from being a moderate drinker to being a heavy drinker because now, you know, Friday happy hour with the girls, we're having, you know, martinis and we're having a beer and we're having a glass of wine. And then Saturday it's, you know, Barb's birthday. So we're going to go out with the girls and get gin and tonics. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Um, and you nailed it right there because number one, like the numbers don't lie, you know, no, you can lie when you're pouring or reporting it, you know? And so what it really comes down to is a, are you seriously pouring, you know, a true five ounce pour and number two, why? Like, it just seems to me, what, what is the point? And I know it's easier said than done because I do consider myself a non-drinker now, but you know, why is it worth it? Yeah. I mean, what benefit is it giving you? I mean, yeah. I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think there is a healthy amount. I mean, it's not no. providing your body 
with any benefit. Well, and that was the funny part is one of the questions that you had asked was like, what is the healthy amount? And it's like, there's, there's not a healthy amount. There's not a healthy amount of anything really. Like if you Mm -hmm. really look at the grand scheme of things, but you take something like alcohol and it's, it is, it's back to that question of like, are you really going to have that one measured drink? Like, are you really mm-hmm. going to just be good with that? Mm-hmm. Cause I'll tell you right now, like I'm having a cup of coffee, <laughs> but I, <laughs> it's not eight ounces, um, <laughs> you know? And so it, it's just that it is. And I think it's the why. And I mm-hmm. think that's the biggest thing of like, when you're sitting down at the end of the week and you're looking back and saying like, Oh shit, you know, I went from having my one glass of wine a night to Friday and Saturday and maybe even Sunday, you very quickly, if you're looking at what the recommended amount is as a woman, you know, going out with the girls or wine tasting on a Saturday or whatever. It's like, no, you just put yourself from a moderate category to a heavy mm-hmm. drinker category mm-hmm. very, very quickly and very unknowingly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it is hard because in our culture, everything, and, and we, I talk about this a lot with my clients, like everything we do is surrounded by food and drink. Mm-hmm. Like we, go, you know, to a child's birthday party nowadays, and it is food and drink. And it's not just juice boxes for the kids. It's now we have to have the white claws and the Trulies for the adults. Mimosa bar. Yeah. And, and the problem with the whole like seltzer industry now coming out is that it, it doesn't, it's like the LaCroix of like drinking Mm -hmm. where it's like, Oh, you can have all these things and it's not affecting me. Mm-hmm. Well, but tell me how your sleep is, because that's mm-hmm. a huge part of your health. Like, how right. is your sleep? How are the relationships with the people that you're surrounding mm-hmm. yourself with? Right. What food um, choices are you making after what, you what have a few food choices? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. do you, do you drink those Trulies and then say, you know, you know, going for an after dinner walk sounds really good tonight. Probably not. Like you're oh. probably like, I'm going to go whip up that quinoa salad, you know, yeah. or am I going um, through a drive-through, you know, like, yeah, it, it, it is interesting and easier yeah. said than done, but it is so yeah. amazing to have these conversations because it makes you think, you know, and, yeah. and, and on the topic of the Trulies and the white claws and stuff, now we've entered this whole, and this was not on my notes, but it made me think of like <laughs> how confusing it is in the grocery store these days too. Cause I can't tell you how many times I am reaching for something that looks like a seltzer looks like a sparkling drink yes. and it's alcoholic. So now you, well, start- and it's even filtered into like the kombucha drinks. Right. And you know, it's just, it is, it's so confusing. And honestly, it's like borderline defeating sometimes because mm-hmm. you, it's made it that much more accessible and easy. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's one of those things where we, you have to take that step back and look at like everything else that it's like filtering into. Right. And the things that, again, we have to have those hard conversations about, like as women, the alcohol in especially excess amounts, like it's going to affect our hormone health. It's, and this is for men too. It's going to help our sexual function. Like 
right there, you're like, that's affecting your relationship with your spouse, right? It's going to impair our reproduction function. It's going to cause thyroid issues. Like with women, if, and, and you hit the nail on the head on like, what are the food choices that you're making mm-hmm. after drinking? Um, you know, and as women, it's like, shoot, we already have a lot of things to worry about because right. we're women, but anemia, you know, fat metabolism, um, just all of those things, because if you're consuming alcohol, what, what nutrients are you missing out on later? Mm-hmm. Because you've now chosen to ultimately like fill yourself up, fill yourself up on this, like sugary, like, right. Just, yeah. well, and especially if they're being very, very strict with their numbers, you know, I mean, yeah. you are in a very strict caloric, you know, yep. type program. And you're yeah. plugging in those pores. And let's just say you're being super honest. But what if you're not eating? <laughs> you yeah. know, like, oh, well, exactly. I, I hit my number. I, I can't have mm-hmm. that for dinner. Or I, I have to skip that meal entirely because of the choice I made. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that could be a whole nother episode. A hundred percent. And it's, yeah. yeah, it's just, it, it's one of those things where, like I said, I haven't had to coach a lot of, and I, I mean, I would love to, but coach a lot of folks out of, out of drinking. But I think what, what is really amazing is when they have set these really, you know, strong, hard goals for themselves and we work week by week to chip away. And then you start to notice, like, you start to notice such a difference in them. And I know like you and I have definitely witnessed this with women that we've coached, um, where it's like, they start to gain, like with my clients, they gain confidence in making choices for themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's one of like the most incredible things is when through, and it sounds so cheesy sometimes, but like through health and fitness, like Mm -hmm. they end up finding this confidence in themselves that they didn't quite know that they had. And so things like saying, you know, peace out, Julie's and white claws, mm-hmm. like, you're not helping me like that becomes so much easier because they've gained confidence in what they want, you know, and that comes from, I'm probably jumping ahead now, but, no, you're um, you know, and that comes from, you know, recognizing what is good for them. Right. And you know, what they want to do. Maybe, you know, like myself, I went from, you know, and this is where we spent so much time together, but I went from just crazy running to just realizing like, this is not bringing the same happiness for me anymore. Mm -hmm. And I want to switch over to, you know, weightlifting. And with that came this acknowledgement of like, and acceptance of like, okay, I'm going to gain some weight and I'm okay with that because I like feeling strong. And so you know, with the men and women that I coach, I think a lot of times that little shift outside of drinking just comes from a having the right support of somebody backing them through like working with a coach or a strong community that's in that same like-mindedness, but also, you know, seeing, seeing the work that they're doing, you know, kind of come into fruition and then mm-hmm. that confidence growing through that to say like, Oh, I don't need, like, that doesn't bring me happiness. My happiness comes from, you know, um, the really amazing night of sleep that I just had mm-hmm. and then waking up and having the energy to get throughout my day or 
realizing that, you know, whatever that, that freedom looks like for them, Mm -hmm. um, from saying no to certain things or saying yes to new things that they haven't yet said yes to because of fear. Right. Um, So, Yeah. yeah, no, I think you nailed it. And I think, you know, it feels good to feel good. You know, yeah. and so yeah. it sounds so corny, but really, I mean, when you, you make this big shift, whether it be, you know, a new fitness program, whether it be quitting mm-hmm. alcohol, whether it be really diving into your nutrition and stuff, when you start to gain that confidence, mm-hmm. it's empowering, you know, and it spills yeah. over into other areas is kind of what you were getting to where it's like, you just start surrounding yourself by people mm-hmm. that are like-minded and Mm -hmm. you start to tackle things that probably wouldn't have been an option before, Mm -hmm. you know, because you, you have gained this confidence of, you know, I've said it before on this show, but like, if I can do this, why can't Mm -hmm. I do that? Like, Mm -hmm. and you just kind of keeps going. It's like a domino effect. So, yeah. Well, you're, you're ultimately creating that safe space for yourself to Mm -hmm. kind of realize like, you know, that, that it's okay, that you're going to be okay. And that you have people that support you in that. And, you know, I think that's, that's the biggest thing is like, just making sure like, if like, you, you know, we all know when people aren't awesome for us, you know, and <laughs> that, that can be really, really difficult too. And so, yeah, you know, getting yeah. those resources in order. So absolutely. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at my notes. Mm-hmm. I would like to, uh, I feel like I'm speaking for the, for the sober community. Um, Mm -hmm. We deal with, and I say, we I'll use myself as an example, but a lot of people that I talk to um, when we quit drinking, a lot of us suffer from lots of sugar cravings. And I know that, you know, sugar, sugar is an issue in itself, but I know that a lot of times in recovery, a lot of us are like, oh my gosh, I have this sugar tooth and I can't get rid of it. You know? a lot of my advice in the beginning is like, eat the chocolate, eat the cake. Mm -hmm. Like you're not Mm -hmm. drinking. You're not going to wake, wake up hungover, you know, from cake. You're going to be able to drive your car after you have a slice of pie, like one thing at a time. But if you're like me and you're further down the road, I would love for you to maybe, I don't know, give ideas of how to battle this new thing or healthy alternatives or something. Yeah. I think, um, you know, it's that, it is that like wine, alcohol is sugar filled. Um, and so when you completely cut that out, your body is like screaming, like, wait a second, like (laughs) blood sugar's low. We got to fill it up here, but it's also triggering like the dopamine responses in our brain. And so when you cut that off, right, your body's automatically looking for and searching for like, how do I find comfort? How do I, you know, how do I handle this? And so for most people, it is like that kind of, you know, diving into the cake or the sugar. Mm -hmm. And I think you hit the nail on the head where it is like allowing yourself that huge grace period of just like, like you said, you're not going to wake up hungover. You're not. And the other thing is, is it's not forever, right? It's not, it's not a forever thing. Um, and you know, it's also depending on, you know, what your mentality was around alcohol Um, it's that like treat mentality of, you know, if you were rewarding yourself for making it through the day, you know, or whatever, and every night was your, you know, 
bottle of wine or whatever. Um, that's also part of it, right? If you've kind of made that story in your head of, you know, or <clears throat> like, uh, I'll use running for an example, you know, going for your run. And then at the end of your run and races do this too, where it's like, you get a beer, why are we doing this? Um, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's super normal. Having that grace period is huge. And then it's just like, I I would assume again, it's like hard because I don't have that one-on-one experience, but Mm -hmm. it is, it's starting to figure out, okay, can I swap out, you know, this chocolate bar for some fruit instead. So it's kind of finding those similar things, Um, you know, a lot of my clients will do, um, like I always have them like try and go for a walk if they Mm -hmm. can. I know that like sometimes those cravings can hit at like 1030 at night and we're not going to like go out for a walk, but just trying to find something. And, you know, a lot of times I do have them make lists of like things that do make you feel good because what we're really looking to do outside of like you know, trying to rebalance our blood sugar is we're trying to fill that void of like feeling good. So like, what are other things that you can do that make you feel good? And what are things that you can reach for that, you know, might not be a chocolate bar, but still kind of give you that same like vibe as a chocolate bar. So sure, like, like some sort of reward, right? Like for me, it's like, if I was craving sweets at night and it just got to the point where I was like, man, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm going to go for fruit. I will go for grapes. I will go Mm -hmm. for watermelon. Um, and that's that, like, it doesn't, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but I also think, you know, not completely depriving yourself of those things. Um, and that's not the same as like, you know, having a piece of cake every day, but it's also like not completely shutting them out of your life, you know, and, and allowing the space for those things to happen. But, um, I think, you know, with most, most, most folks that I meet with, it's like, they meet with me the first time and they're like, okay, I have to cut all of this stuff out. And it's like, no, like we can allow space for a lot of things. Yeah. Um, As long as they're good for us. Like, and, and there is a, you know, kind of, especially when it comes to those, you know, sweets or whatever, but it's like, what's the conversation behind that? And, you know, for somebody that's not drinking anymore, it's obviously like, okay, this is what it is for right now. And that's okay. Yeah. Right now. And, and that's okay. And I I don't think, like you said, it's, I don't think there should be any shame behind it because you are going from one thing Right. The next. And it's just taking the time. It's time. I mean, that's literally what it comes to is just time. And giving well, and I think too, it time. has a lot to do with um, our brain. Like we've trained mm-hmm. our brain, uh-huh. like you said, to know that it's going to receive either a reward or sugar yeah. or something, you know, I mean, yeah. for me, I've again, talked about this before, but you know, having something in my hand, replacing it, you know, instead of that wine glass for me in the beginning, it was painting or something, but I think there's power of just tricking your brain too, you know? So your brain thinks that, you know, oh, it's five o'clock I'm at home. I go in through the Mm -hmm. door and I typically would have a glass of wine right now. Then maybe you're making a a cup of hot tea or something, you know, just something (laughs) today we would do iced tea, but, um, you know, just something to put in your Mm -hmm. hand to distract it and kind of 
I don't know, play it forward a little bit. So yeah. I think yeah. that could work. Um, yeah. A lot of studies show that exercise can help people in recovery mm. tremendously. Um, yes. You mentioned just going, you know, for walks, maybe when you're feeling that urge to mm-hmm. eat something sugary or drink something or whatever, but yeah, for those that are just totally clueless on where to start, how, how do you start a new, new routine or how could exercise yeah. be helpful right now? Yeah. Um, you know, and this is always, it's always tricky too, because people want to start these routines and then they instantly go into black and white thinking where it's like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm going to start running and it's going to be perfect in my brain. And if I mess up and I'm never doing it again, like, <laughs> it's like no, no, we have to allow grace. And so, yeah, I think exercise, I think exercise is, I mean, obviously I'm a little partial, but, uh, it's just one of those things that's going to continue to help your confidence grow in ways that like you probably don't even realize. And I think the biggest thing, and I, I go so back and forth with like goal setting because it's like, I feel like a goal, you kind of have to have a finality to it Mm -hmm. where it's like, but then the word like lifestyle kind of like, I don't know. It's like, just do what you like. Um, but it is, it's setting those little goals every day of like, you know, if you haven't worked out in five, 10 years, like it's not going to feel good. I'm going to like to say it, it's not going to feel good. Um, but setting that goal of like movement for, you know, 10 or 20 minutes and like release or introducing and like getting those endorphins flowing in your body from a natural source, not, Mm -hmm. you know, not a hold my beer source and then doing something absolutely bananas. You know, it's literally like you are, you're doing something so good for yourself. Um, you know, if you have points in the day where, you know, you naturally feel like higher amounts of stress, if you can like try and start to introduce exercise in or around that time, like, Mm -hmm. or, you know, maybe it's opposite. Maybe you introduce it in like those lulls where you feel like, you know, okay, the kids are at school and I'm alone and, you know, I don't, I don't have anybody here because what a prime time to drink, right. When you have those feelings. And so, you know, the other big thing, and this is something that I I do work with clients on a lot is really giving yourself the time to try a lot of different things. Mm. Um, you know, I think when we think of getting healthy, it's like, we all like, if I had everyone like close their eyes and I had you like picture the most perfect way of like exercising in your mind, right. We're going to think of like probably a couple different things. It's going to be, you know, running or walking or, you know, doing the stair stepper at the gym for 45 minutes or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but there's so many things out there and, and sure. Like, all the fitness influencers online are going to tell you there's like this one way to work out, but it's like, that's cool for you influencer. But what about the millions of other people out there that don't like that? Um, and so it's, you know, one of the things that, that I tell a lot of people is like, try, try everything, like Mm -hmm, try mm -hmm. it all. Like maybe your form of exercise. And if you have the time and you know, if you have the time for it, is going for a two hour hike, you know, three or four times a week, like right Mm -hmm. on, like, go do it. 
or maybe your form of exercise is Zumba or, you know, whatever. It's like, find that thing that works for you. And then at the same time, don't be afraid if like two or three months from now, you're like, you know what? I think I want to go try that over there. Right. That's fine. Like just do something that you love and enjoy because from what I understand, like from, from my own standpoint, like that's going to make such a world of difference Mm -hmm. in, in how you feel about yourself and, um, you know, and, and for women that are looking and men, I guess, but, uh, that are looking for that community, like there are really awesome communities out there in gyms and, um, you know, just, just trying to find the the healthy one. I will say like, there's talks, there's toxic people everywhere. So just, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I would say, you know, if you're just starting out, it's like, don't be afraid to, you know, a lot of places offer like a week free or, you know, um, finding that friend or that buddy to like tag mm-hmm. along with you mm-hmm. and get through it together or shoot, like making a friend on Instagram and like, you know, forming friendships that way or communities that way, um, you know, and, and just, like I said, just trying things. And then when something kind of clicks in your brain, of like, okay, this obviously like nothing's going to feel phenomenal the first time, but like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but like just giving yourself that time to like try things and, you know, well, and it's, it's always so funny. Cause I feel like fitness and sobriety Mm-hmm. are so similar, you know, when it comes yeah. to, you know, it's kind of like your sober toolbox, like, okay, you're quitting drinking. You're going to need to try a ton of different things, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's journaling, whether it's yep. exercise, whether it's meetings, whether it's, yeah. you know, a new hobby, like you have to do all these different things to figure out what works for you mm-hmm. and keeps you moving, keeps you going. Totally. And that's totally. the same with exercise. You know, I, I remember telling a ton of people like you need to find something that you enjoy doing, because if you yeah. don't like doing it, you're not going to do it. <laughs> no. And who no, wants to and go it, work out and do something that really they, they don't like doing, you know I mean? Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I hate mountain climbers. I hate burpees. Now, do I know they're good for me? Like, yeah, but I'm not going to do that all week long. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think it yeah. spills over. It does. It's like, or it does. doesn't spill it, over. You know what you I know, mean? It's when, all related. Yeah. <laughs> when you do something that you enjoy, like fully enjoy, um, and that's not to say like, I love weightlifting and I have days like yesterday where I get to the gym and it's like, everything just feels off and I feel weak and I feel tired. And, but I also know in my mind that that's not going to be like my forever feeling about that. So it's not to say, you know, when you find something that works or that makes you feel good, you know, that you're not going to have hard days. And that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, very similar to quit, you know, quitting your, your drinking, but yeah, it's just, it's just staying away from that, like black and white thinking. And that's something that like, I work with so much with clients is like, it's, it's a very hard thing to do, but to Mm -hmm. get away from just the like all or nothing. The one size fits all like, yeah. Yeah. And that perfectionism mindset of like, Mm -hmm. I have to do this perfectly the first time. And you know, it's like, no, you don't Mm -mm. like, who's telling you that you have to like, who, who said that? Like Barb. who made that up? Barb. Barb did. God, Barb. <laughs> no. And I, you know, and I think that's, you know, that's just, if I were to give some 
advice. Uh, you know, it would be like, as you start this journey, or if, if fitness and nutrition is going to be a part of that, it's like, try and stay away from things that you feel are like that all or nothing mindset. And so really taking the time with your nutrition to have like a very well-rounded, you know, way of eating, because it does, it does change the way that you think about food and that Mm -hmm. all or nothing mindset. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It made sense. I got you. All right. All right, my dear. Um, I have one more on my list that I'd like you to touch on. Um, you're doing really good. I'm proud of you. Thank you. (laughs) Um, women and their negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. Again, big subject, but yeah, I'm ready. Um, I'll stretch it let's, out. Let's here do it. Quick. Yep, quick stretch. Um, yep. How can we improve? I mean, it's something I battle with constantly. It's always yeah. a work in progress. But you know, do you have clients that you you work with and and kind of help in that area? <laughs> don't be ridiculous. Of course, I do. <laughs> um, I don't struggle with this at all. No, no. I'm uh, perfect. I, I probably every 15 minutes. No. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it goes back to for, I think it goes back to what we were just talking about. It's like Mm -hmm. finding those pieces of things that you love that are so you like that, that just in you just feels good. Mm -hmm. And for me and with my journey, it was going from running. Right. And running was, I love running, but it always felt like this piece. There was like a hole. There was like Mm -hmm, a gap there mm -hmm. where if I really sat down with myself and this might come as a shock to you because we've never talked about this before. Mm -hmm. Um, where if I were to look back at running and really have sat down and act, cause I, I obviously didn't feel great about myself ever back then. Um, granted I just had three children, but if I were to go back and really sit down with myself and have like a strong, like ask myself the hard questions of like, why do you do this? You know? And then I'd probably give myself like the sugar coated answer. And then like, no, really, why do you do this? It was, I want to, I want to be skinny and I want Mm -hmm. to lose weight. And it was like, that's all I was running off of literally. Like that was it. That was the only reason it wasn't like, it wasn't just made me sign up for this race. What? Yeah. I mean, that was part of it. Like (laughs) so much peer pressure. Um, that was part of it. But like, if I were to really, really take the layers off the onion and like get Mm -hmm. to the core of it, it was, I feel like this is what society wants for me is to be this version Mm -hmm. because to all the listeners out there just said she looked up to me, but really I'm five one. So I am True. a very small woman. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in, in, in my mind and from what I was told and what I felt and what I believed, it was like, I have to be this way. I have to be this. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, you know, probably three years ago ish two years ago where I finally like, again, had this talk with myself of like, what is the thing in me that I know is right, but like Mm -hmm. freaks me out? Like, what is it that's scaring me when it comes to, because fitness and nutrition is my my life. It's my life. It is my thing. It's your thing. And 
it's my thing. And it's like, what is that thing that's freaking me out the most? And it was like eating enough calories. Like mm, that yeah. freaks me out. Um, not doing cardio every single day freaks mm-hmm. me out. And I'm not, I'm not saying that if you do those things and you love and enjoy them to like not do them. I'm literally talking about my own personal story. And it's like, when I finally had those conversations of like, okay, wow. So eating enough freaks me out and not doing cardio freaks me out. Mm -hmm. What does that leave me with? It's like, okay, well, here's something that I've never tried before. And I see that it like helps other people and it looks really awesome. Like, and I would really love to do that. And it was weightlifting Mm -hmm. and it was like starting this journey of like lifting weights and like realizing like, Oh, I feel really good after I do this. And not only that, like I've gained weight and I, I truly, truly don't care because Mm -hmm. I know that it goes towards these goals. And so in that, all of that to say, like, as a woman, like, because I finally faced my fears of what was holding me back from, you know, being my true self, it was that's what grew my confidence the most. That's mm-hmm. what helped me become more confident was like, what am I still listening to that? I think that society is telling me that I need to be, what is social media making me feel? And then like, what's the opposite of that? Like, what is it that I really, really, really want to do? Right. And how do I, how do I go from like this one area of life of like, you know, all the things that I'm being fed all the time to like, you know, this one still spot in, mm-hmm. in who I am. And, um, you know, it was, it was like sitting down and kind of having that little powwow with myself of like, what is that thing that's scaring me the most? And, mm-hmm. then, and it's, you know, it's been interesting because it's kind of flooded into other areas of like, don't struggle like picking clothes out for myself now mm-hmm. where it's like, I put something on and I'm just like, Oh, but you can kind of see this on me. I'm just like, I don't care. I like it. And I'm going to wear it and I feel good about it. And, you know, and so I think as women, it is, it's like, we're in this constant tension of like what we're being told, what we're being fed, what we see all the time, you know, to that point of like who we really truly are and want to be. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to kind of get that pull over, you know, and I, I think when that can happen is like, when the confidence happens, right. You know, and it's, um, yeah, it's just, it's finding those things that you, you love. Right. So we just, we just need to eat more and lift more weights. Well, that's for me. I know women and I know, you know, the same women who (laughs) I wonder if this person's going to listen to this, but she always has held a special spot in my heart where it's like, I remember her showing up to some of our first fitness classes and being like, I will never run in my life ever. Yeah. And girlfriend's ever. training for like, I don't know how many half marathons she's done. And she's mm. like flourishing and she's amazing. And love you know, you, Erica, no. love you, Erica. <laughs> whoop, whoop, shout out. Uh, I knew you knew who I was talking about, but immediately, but she does like, she is one of those people. I'm going to like force her to listen to this now. Um, she's one of those people that like, I always think back on that, like, kind of showed up and was like, oh, I'm never doing this. No. And it was that, like, that was like the <laughs> black and white, like all or nothing. And then it's kind of like slowly, like, 
yeah. you know, maybe with some peer pressure we egged her on, but, um, but yeah, it's like, she did it and she's yeah. doing it and, and she's, she's doing, doing it. what she loves. And, you know, so, and so I'll, I'll just make sure I under, I understood sure. it all. Um, cause I think we're going to have a test at the end. Right. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm joking. So, I mean, really your advice would be, and I totally agree with it is just, it comes with time, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's finding, finding things that bring us joy. It's looking at the things that we're scared of. It's, you yeah. know, it, that is kind of a result of building mm-hmm. up that self-confidence again, is that positive self-talk, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, and it's not, you know, and granted I'm at a different point in life where I feel, I guess, safe to explore these things, but it's, it's not, it's being okay with trying something and then mm-hmm. changing your mind because that's okay. It's okay to like, you know, go to, I, I don't know. It's okay to dye your hair and then decide like two weeks later that like, Ooh, blonde highlights weren't for me. I'd like to go back to brunette or yeah. whatever, you know, and not being and, afraid to fail. No. And, and, you know, just it's something funny because I talk to, we talk a lot about this in our household, but it's like changing, changing our self-talk from being like, you know, oh, I went for, you know, I went for a really good run today, but now I'm really tired to just being like, I went for a really good run today. And now I think I kind of want to lay down for a minute. And it's like Mm -hmm. changing that self-talk from using the word, but, and like negating all of this good to like using the word and, and having it just kind of be like what it is. And that's okay. Yeah. It just, it is what it is. Um, I didn't work out today, but I got a really good nap or I read my book or, you know, kind of maybe just shifting the way you say things too, and not canceling out something that's really good. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, I think it's just, you know, for me, it was a lot of, a lot of facing my own internal fears and then a lot of breaks from social media, (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, to really meditate on those things because there was a few times where I, I was like questioning, like, okay, I made this, I chose this path to like start eating enough and, you know, get myself out of a constant caloric deficit and start lifting weights. But it's like, okay, did this really come from me internally? Or is this still something that like, I, you know, feel like I should do because of what feel I feel like I, yes. And so like taking that time after I made this decision to like shut social media out and like mm-hmm. give myself that time to like really just sit in it on my own. Yeah. Um, because it's also so easy to like bebop around with everything that you're seeing all the time. So, yeah. Yeah. But it's also amazing because you can surround yourself like with the community that like you've grown, mm-hmm. um, with support and with people that are like-minded and, um, so, yeah, I love it. All right. I have two more right. questions. Oh, geez. Um, These weren't on the thing. Well, I'm, I'm bouncing around. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I'm following the list. I thought we were done. No. <laughs> um, I would love to know um, what's next for you. So, oh my gosh. I mean, I it could know. be big or small. It could be just continuing, <clears throat> you know, what you're doing, but 
you are coaching and everything. I'd love for you to share, you know, what's next. Yeah. So it just depends on the day of the week. No, um, no, once we, like I said, kind of earlier on, we are in the process of moving and I, my poor business, um, (laughs) as like life has just kind of continually thrown things at me. And I'm one of those really awesome people that will like pause, you know, my social media almost immediately to kind of like take care of life really quick. Um, that is not a bad thing. I know, but, uh, yeah, I think once we move, it's just really working to continue to grow that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the big projects that I will be working on immediately once we move is just setting up kind of that group coaching because I do, and it will be specifically geared towards women because I do want to space, um, you know, where, you know, we were lucky with kind of the boot camp world of like being kind of all like-minded in the same, you know, area of life to, you know, uh, I'm in a different spot in life now Mm -hmm. where it's like that kind of those things don't, you know, happen anymore, but I still, still want the ladies, like I Mm -hmm. still want to be able to come together. So yeah, just figuring out kind of a virtual way of doing that and having kind of a, um, more of like a group coaching process. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be one of my first big things that I do. But yeah, I, I am continuing to do nutrition coaching and I have maybe two spots open for that. Um, my schedule is pretty full with it right now, but um, yeah, I primarily do nutrition coaching and just hoping to continue to grow that once this move is all over. Yeah. We'll actually have like an office space, which is kind of a big fancy. I know. As I talk to you from my closet. (laughs) It's like pretty much an office though. (laughs) Pretty much. Um, well, thank you again for taking the time. I really, I love chatting with you. It's been a while since we've chatted. So this was like been a really long while, super special. Um, yeah, I would love for you to kind of leave listeners with some advice. So I know no pressure, but to the, to the one or many that are listening and feeling Mm -hmm. inspired to make a change in any area of their life. Um, what advice would you give them? Go for it. I don't know. Just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Period. Like there's like, like I said, just go for it. You're, you're probably not going to do it perfectly the first time. (laughs) If you are write a book, no, um, <laughs> write a how-to book so the rest of us can get it right. And tag um, us so that we hear about it. No. <laughs> yeah. And then also, no. Uh, yeah. Just, I mean, go for it and start somewhere. And, you know, it doesn't have to be, like I said, it doesn't have to be perfect. And it doesn't have to be like, if it's like, hey, I want to, you know, go for a walk, but the only shoes I have are, <laughs> I don't know wooden clogs like go for a walk (laughs) long run stuff I know I know mile 16 (laughs) (laughs) wooden clogs my best friend everybody my best friend (laughs) um Uh, no but I mean you know if it's like if you have a goal just 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 go for it. Start. Go for it. Just start. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't don't be afraid to fail. And that's so much easier said than done, but 
I think the confidence piece does come a little bit from failing, you know, a couple times. And then it finally just clicks one day and you're like, all right, I got this. So I love it. Well, if people want to get in touch with you when you come come back to the the social media world or are ready for a couple yeah. of clients or anything. What I, is the best I'm way? I'm a little present on. I'm a little present on social media, but actually, uh, snail mail. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> right in the letter. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm this Steph Hess Fitness on Instagram, kind of my my go-to right now. Okay. Um, I need to pick up on posting on there, but. Uh, but yeah. that would be the best place. That is the best place. Okay, I'll have it Don't in the show me. notes send me written letters because I wouldn't even know what to do with mail. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I love it. All right, my dear. Well, thank you for taking the time. So much good advice. And um, I just appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you. You're doing cool things. I love it. Right back at you. All right. Yes. All right. Say thank thank you. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. If you'd like to learn more about the show or make a donation, you can head over to decidedlydry.com. If you enjoy the show, the best way to support it is to subscribe and to leave an awesome rating or review over on Apple Podcasts. It's sure been a treat spending this time with you. And just remember, if the only thing you did today was stay sober, you are winning. I'll see you next time.